Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone who's interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook, Change Ignites Growth, Seven Ways to Use Change as an Opportunity. In it, you'll discover how you use change as a catalyst for improvement for yourself and your team. Make sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod three, three, four. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and it is so great to be back on the microphone and speaking with our listeners. Um, We had our year-end break that was scheduled to be a little bit shorter than this, but I got a very mild case of COVID over vacation, and I spent some extra time quarantining with my parents, which was delightful. Um, But I am really looking forward to getting back to the show and speaking with all of our amazing guests. And today's guest, I think, is perfect for kicking off this new year. She is the creator of the Market Your Genius brand. So she's authored a book called Market Your Genius. She hosts the Market Your Genius podcast, and she works with clients, equipping entrepreneurs with the tools and resources that they need to build and profit from their expertise. She's a professional speaker and a marketing instructor, and she has an extensive career in marketing and brand management. So she knows how to market yourself and market your genius, and she is based right here in New York City. Welcome to the show, Nikki Nash. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I'm so glad to be here. I'm really glad you could be here. And as I said, I think this is um, such an important and interesting topic for now. But before we get into that, I'd love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. I shared the highlights of your bio, but that's not who you are. So could you introduce yourself? Sure. I am a born and raised Jersey girl. So shout out to anyone from New Jersey who has lived all over the place, including like New York, DC, um, Portland, Oregon, Atlanta, um, Philadelphia, all over the place. And most of my moves in cities and states has been tied to my career. Mm -hmm. And I've had a career in marketing, um, working at publishing companies. So I worked at um, Travel and Leisure and in Style Magazine. I worked at an ad agency on the Kraft Foods account. I went back to school, got my MBA, interned at Coca-Cola, and then took a job at Intel. And outside of those kind of bigger brands, I've also worked at tech startups. Mm. um, And it's been a real ride from a career perspective. And I wanted to, um, after I had left my the tech startup that I worked at, I wanted to share with entrepreneurs how to get more dream clients, you know, attract and retain customers, position their brand as the go-to in the industry. And that's what created the Market Your Genius brand. I had been teaching digital marketing as my side hustle for side mm-hmm. hustlers out there um, for a long time. And I was like, wow, people really need this information. And when I was building my business, I was doing a lot firsthand um, in addition to doing it at a tech startup. So I was like, people need to to up their skills from a marketing and, and even a sales perspective. So I'm so grateful to be able to do that um, as part of what I do. That is awesome. I love that that story. And the fact that you have that experience, um, both in a very large organization, as well as working in startups, and then as a solo entrepreneur, I think that provides a real breadth of understanding of the different ways that brand is important and the different ways that brand um, can be marketed. You know, it's, it's really different if Coca-Cola... <laughs> 
wants to announce something new versus random Etsy seller over here. And um, you, you've really seen kind of that whole progression and, and a real variety of the different ways that, that marketing is done. Absolutely. Absolutely. So something I'd like to um, to start with is, is pretty basic, but um, I know you have a real expertise in helping people learn how to build their brand. Um, and I'd imagine that is both, again, for somebody who works within a company, as well as for somebody who's starting something on their own. So why is it so important for people to build their personal brand? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I really would like people to know is that whether you are consciously building your brand or thinking you're not building your brand at all, there is a brand out there that is the brand of you, right? Yeah. Because essentially what a brand is, is what comes to mind when people hear your name, right? Mm -hmm. And so when it's a company, it could be what comes to your mind when you hear Coca-Cola, what comes to your mind when you hear Louis Vuitton, right? What comes to your mind when you hear Nabisco? And that's what a big part of building a brand is. Now that's like oversimplifying it, but whether you are working internally at an organization, you are building a brand uh, itself, or you are building the brand of you, you know, as a, someone with a personal brand business, you want to consciously think about the words, the feelings, the associations that come to mind when people hear your name. And so I, I think it's so important to think strategically about it, because if you don't think about it and actively focus on what you want to be known for, then that's going to be left up to everybody else, right? And you're putting everybody else in the driver's seat of your brand. So what I'm hearing from you and kind of translating that to the experience that I have working um, inside a small business and then working with clients of all different sizes is, you know, at a large business, you think about the brand. And that is something that it's known for, whether it's um, as a company known for always being cutting edge and having new ideas and new technology and and staying right at the front of everything that's happening, or whether it's being the the steady company that's been around forever and it's going to be around forever and and all of the (laughs) things that are associated with it. And then I I think of at an individual level, um, whether it's a department level or, or an actual person, you could have similar qualities, right? So when I think of Nikki, I think of this, maybe the person who who just comes in with a brilliant insight um, and, and you know that they're always going to take things to the next level or the person who anytime you get them involved in a project, it gets done because they always make sure to have a plan and follow through. And so what I'm hearing is is this idea of thinking about your brand, of paying attention to it, as well as intentionally nurturing it is something that you need to be doing kind of regardless of where you are on that spectrum. Absolutely. And depending on what your job is inside of a company, you may think very little about the company's overarching brand, right? Mm -hmm. You may be just thinking, oh, that's why I joined the company or things along those lines. But when you are looking to get promoted or, um, you know, get a raise, or relocate or change jobs internally or things along those lines. Hex, even if you're looking for a new job and they're going to go back and ask for references, people are looking at who you are, what you stand for, what comes to mind, what you've done, um, what other people think about you. And that's why it's so important to actively 
create a brand. Because if you have um, the desire to move up, right, and to move into a new position, the people making those decisions are going to get in a room and look at all of the candidates. And what you want is everybody in that room saying, oh, yeah, I know Elizabeth. Elizabeth is amazing. We all agree of about who Elizabeth is. And maybe there's another candidate and they don't know who that person is at all, right? Or only a couple of people in the room do. And that's an advantage. And so it's so important if you are inside of a job. It's so important if you are building your own brand and you are the uh, head of an, a company or you're the face of the brand. All of these things are important. And so I really encourage people to take a step back and just go, hey, what do I want people to think when they hear my name? Absolutely. I, I can't help but think of a situation I saw with a client a few years ago. And it's it's where a brand sometimes can actually lead executives in in the wrong direction. When we talked to the leadership team, there was one guy on the sales team who they thought was a superstar. He was producing and he had just the the stereotypical personality. He was really engaging. He had a good relationship with executives. He um, you know, had had a lot of interaction with various people on the team. And then when they really analyzed the numbers, they realized that there was somebody else on the team who was completely outperforming him. And they hadn't even really seen that she was producing the results that she is. And a lot of that is because she she wasn't really working on that brand. And so I think there's kind of two lessons that come out of it. First of all, it, it, it wasn't wrong of this guy to promote his brand. You know, he, he, was, he was producing, he was doing good work, and he made sure people knew about it. And it's actually this other person on the team who wasn't doing wasn't doing enough there um, and and could have, you know, had more opportunity to do that. But then also at a leadership level, when you are making those evaluations to think about, you know, do we have access to data? Can we, can we really look at things? Because we do see in a lot of organizations, it's easier to kind of propagate your brand and to connect with people. Um, if you have a lot of things in common with them, maybe people pay a little bit more attention to people from, um, from backgrounds that are similar to theirs. And so it, it's it's up to you to promote your brand, but um, it is also important for leaders to, to not just pay attention to brand, but to really look past that and make sure they're not kind of missing out on people. Um, d- does that make sense? Yeah, I hear, I totally hear what you're saying. I, I come from the, the mindset of, you know, you, like, I won't know what is going to be in the minds of the people making the decisions. So I I can only control my Absolutely. actions. And so I really encourage people to, you know, I had a, a really great manager um, at Intel the first time I was at Intel. And he really encouraged me to socialize my area of expertise. And so I held monthly lunch and learns on social media and digital marketing, right? And I would just teach people who needed to know this for their job because he was like, position yourself as an expert, get your name out there. And, you know, I was lucky to have a manager that knew how important this was and encouraged me to do such things, but not everybody has that. And so, you know, if using the story you gave before, let's say that both people performed at equivalent levels, then the person who was better known by other folks probably would have gotten the job. Mm Right. And so I always look at it as, to your point, like back your stuff up, right? Like be really good at what you do, be a top performer. 
but don't be afraid to to socialize it, to share what you're up to, to share learnings, to raise your hand to speak in front of people, particularly if you want to move up or get raises or get promoted. And, you know, I'm I'm what whatever you may think of the game. It's like you're playing it whether you're in it or not. Like you're either intentionally playing or you're choosing not to play, but either way you're inside the game. So that's you know that's a really great perspective and I think that's a good reminder. You know, you you can be the one who's just like I've got my head down and I'm doing great work and if people don't notice it's their fault and it's like, well, yes, but <laughs> Um, you know, that's, that's not going to serve you well, longer term. And so I, I do think that's a, that's a great lesson to take out of that story of, you know, yes, this, this other performer was doing good work. But as you said, having, having a manager who actually um, helped you to discover the value of that. And, you know, you, there are different ways that you can build your brand. Again, whether it's something that's very internal, or whether this is a brand that you're building externally, I'd love to maybe, um, discuss some examples of ways that people can work on building their brand. Because I think that that is a lesson, as you said, um, some people know it intuitively and and others really need to hear it. So if, if you are in an organization and you want to build your brand, whether it is for internal notice and for promotions or, you know, to, to maybe get noticed externally so you can start your own, um, start your own organization or, or join another team? What are some of the key principles that you found can be really helpful? Yeah. So I have a framework for becoming uh, the go-to industry expert, right? And that's the intention behind the framework, but it really works whether you're internal at an organization looking to position yourself in a certain way, or you're doing it externally to grow your business. And so there's, it's an acronym it's four letters, um, but the acronym is CAR, kind of like if you were a pirate and there was an extra R. So it's C-A-R-R. Love it. <laughs> and uh, I'll walk you through each one. And then for you listening, really think about, okay, how can I bring that element into um, my personal brand? And I'll, I'll give some examples with each one. But the C in CAR stands for contribute. Mm. And this is all about contributing to the industry. And you can contribute in a number of different ways. You know, internally, I, I shared that I did the Lunch and Learn uh-huh. series. I called it Getting Social with Nikki. And it was <laughs> social media Lunch and Learns. Right. I held it every month. It was like, bring your lunch, come into a room. I played the platform. We talked about it. And if you consistently came, I would ask you what you wanted to learn next. And I would prepare that for the next time around, right? So that's one way to do something internal. You can do lunch and learns. Um, I had uh, a teammate um, who had an internal newsletter where he would aggregate articles on like we were on the the marketing and media team. So he would uh, aggregate interesting media articles like what's new, what's hot in media, and just do a little summary of his favorite ones and link to it for people to read, mm-hmm. right? He just sent it out every Friday. It would go out like clockwork, right? And you can actually do that Externally, right? It's just having a newsletter. You can have a newsletter that you send people talking about things in your industry. You can have a podcast or a blog, but it's all about contributing to the conversation, right? So that's the C. Mm -hmm. The A is association, and it's all about associating yourself with other either experts, thought leaders, important people, important brands um, in your industry, or that makes sense for your brand, right? And so if you have um, certain people internally 
who know you, like you, trust you, you're seen together. Um, they're maybe speaking highly of you on your behalf. You're associated with them. That could be great for internal um, you know, development and promotions, right? Uh, if associations could also be being a guest on certain podcasts and you're associated with that podcast, it could be featured in the media. It could be speaking on certain stages at conferences, uh, but you're, it could be associating with other thought leaders in the industry. Like there are pictures of you together that are posted online. That's why people, if there's an opportunity to get a snapshot with, you know, somebody big like an Oprah or Tony (laughs) Robbins or somebody, right? Like if somebody has that photo, they are definitely sharing it because then you, people start associating, you know, you as someone who's like, Ooh, they hang out with cool people. Right. Um, so association is a, is the next one. And then the first R is for research. Uh, I, I teach this often and sometimes people hear research and they're like, ah, research. So <laughs> I'm like, if re- I'm going to describe what it is, but if it freaks you out, switch the word to be read, right? Like reading. Um, but essentially what research is, is staying top, uh, like on top of things that are hot and new in your industry uh-huh. or things that are interesting or things that are changing, right? And then sharing it. It's about going, oh, wow, there is uh, a new regulation happening or there's this new technology or this really cool new trend or something. And you read about it and you either, you know, curate that content and share it online with your two cents. Um, You can um, read it and then do a live saying, hey, I just read this. Here's what I thought. Right. Um, There are so many things that you can do. But um, it's really about sharing what's hot and, and sexy almost in the industry and and even s- sharing your two cents. Another way you can do things in research is you can actually conduct your own research mm-hmm. and do your own study or something and share that information. And that shows you as a thought leader or an expert in the industry as well. Definitely. Yeah. And then there's the final R because, you know, we're spilling car like a pirate here. Um, And the final, (laughs) the final R is uh, results. And it's all about how you can share the results that you've gotten, whether it's for yourself or for others within the industry. This goes to your point of um, earlier, like the person having high performance metrics, like you want, you want results that starts positioning you as somebody who's got their stuff together, who's an expert in, in an industry. So that could be hitting targets internally consistently. That could be if you have clients or customers um, in your own business getting results. If you are a leader in sales, it's like, hey, I hit my sale. I exceed my sales target, you know, quarter after quarter, month after month, week after week, whatever that is. Right. So it's it's all about um, the results that you're getting for yourself or others. And then you can share that by way of, you know, social proof, um, showing testimonials, asking for recommendations that are posted on LinkedIn, um, getting ratings and reviews on products or services you sell online, um, all of that sort of thing. You know, your 360s, (laughs) if you do those internally or different sort of performance reviews, um, getting other people to to talk about the results that you've gotten for their team or or, um, that you've helped them with is really great for positioning yourself high, uh, strongly in an organization. All right. I love um, the pirate version of CAR. And yeah. from what I'm hearing, you know, a lot of times I think people hear the idea of, oh, you have to work on your personal brand. And they're like, oh, that's so much work on top of my job. But everything that you're describing here actually helps you be better at your job. 
right? Because if you're contributing to the industry and to your organization, you're you have to learn, you know, you almost need that first R to do the C, right? Um, you're, you're researching, you're learning, you're staying on top of what's there, and then you're sharing it. That means you're not going to get stuck in a rut. You're not going to be one of those people who's like, well, this is the way we've always done it. So this is the way I do it. Um, you're going to be the person who comes in and says, hey, there's a new tool. There's there's a new feature of this product we're already using. There's a new methodology. Um you know, people have have different ideas, and you're you're constantly bringing them, contributing, sharing. You're going to do your job better, and as you said, people people really see that. You clearly have a have a strong memory of this colleague who sent that internal newsletter, and it's something that you benefited from. Both, I would imagine, it sounds like from reading it as well as from being featured in it, and that's something that that still sticks out to you years later. And how often we are are maybe doing that research, we're learning, and then we're not contributing it to the team. You're actually short, you know, you're you're not giving others on the team the opportunity to learn from that research that you did. So it's it's again helping you in your job when it comes to associations and relationships. The more you have those relationships, the more you you can make things happen with your job. You know, um, oh, we're we're producing an event, and we need a speaker. I know this person, <laughs> uh, whatever it might be. And then finally, you know, focusing on results. Obviously, anybody in your job should be focused on results, and it's not just a matter of producing them, but of sharing them. So I love the, you know, it, it seems pretty basic, but again, I think so many people have this idea of um, a personal brand is something I only do if I want to get a major promotion, and it's this weird behavior that I'm gonna that I'm gonna add to what I do, you know, for a month or a year or whatever, so that I get to that next step, and and the simple acronym, the simple process that you're describing is really something that people can and should be doing all the time that, that does have that double purpose of helping them to be better at their jobs as well. A hundred percent. And I really encourage people, you know, it, it can seem like, whoa, that was, there's a lot I could do, but I always encourage people to one, you know, go with the lowest, lowest hanging fruit mm-hmm. And two, to lean into their strengths, right? Like I am not one to go around and and probably self-promote, at least initially when I when I started my career, it wasn't something I felt comfortable with. But I love teaching. And I didn't realize how much I love teaching until uh, the idea of doing a lunch and learn really came about, right? And it started growing. You know, the first time you do it, you may not have a million people, right? But if you have people that come and... They're like, wow, this is great. Word will spread. And I met so many people in a short period of time that it really helped my career. And people are like, oh, yeah, I know who Nikki Nash is, right? And so I'm not saying, you know, you have to do a lunch and learn, but lean into your strengths. Teaching is something that I consider a strength of mine. Maybe yours is writing and you could have a blog or a newsletter or something that you send out regularly. Or maybe you have, um, you know, a talent for speaking on stages, you know, speak on stages, speak uh, audioly, <laughs> audioly. I'm making up words. I was an English major, people, and I'm legit making stuff up. But like, maybe you you sound better <laughs> or feel more comfortable in a form like this. All right, well, maybe you start a podcast and you just share the latest episode with people. Right? There are so many things you can do. Absolutely, I I really love that, and just that focus on understanding your strengths, understanding your passions, trying different things, right? It sounds like you didn't know how much you loved to teach until you started to teach and train. And 
I, I didn't think I would enjoy hosting a podcast until I started hosting the podcast. <laughs> I, I absolutely love meeting new people and talking to them. And if you don't try new things, you're not going to figure it out. But then also, if you've learned through you know other areas of your life, maybe you you coach your kids' little league team, and you know that you like to kind of train and develop people, can you be a mentor in your organization and help with onboarding new hires? Um, that's another way that you can contribute, another way that you can build those relationships, that you're going to have to stay on top of things so that you're giving them accurate information. And you're, you're taking something that's already a skill of yours and just applying it maybe in a different context. Yeah, absolutely. And I really encourage people when they're thinking about, you know, positioning themselves in an industry is to just get clear on what you have space and time for as well. Um, that's one thing that I think people forget. You know, earlier in my career, I was able to do a lot of different things and I was, you know, traveling a lot. Um, having meetings with people face to face, doing a lot of the things. And, you know, there are different parts of my life or times in my life where I don't have the same capacity to Mm -hmm. do all of the things. And so I really encourage you to to realize (laughs) anybody who's listening to this is that you don't have to do the same thing to position yourself as an expert forever. You can evolve and and adjust. I will say, though, that if you're going to do something like start a podcast, I'd commit to it for a number of years uh, because it takes a minute for it to get some traction. But but outside of that, you know, do what you have capacity for. Definitely. Um, And then one more thing I heard in what you were saying is just that importance of curating information. And I think a lot of people might not realize how helpful that is for whoever you share it with, if you're curating quality information, if you're looking at all of the updates and all of the news um, and and new releases in a specific area of focus for you, and you're able to really filter out, hey, you know, this is kind of not so much, but this is really, this is a big deal. This is, we're going to see the impacts of this for a long time. And you can share those insights that that helps you in so many ways and it also helps everybody that you might be sharing it with and if you think of the people that you follow on social media a lot of times they're they spend a bulk of of their time kind of curating content to share with you they don't even necessarily have to produce a lot of their own um, new content but it's a real value to have that curated feed of the best insights and so lots of different ways as you were saying to to share this insight um and, and I really uh, love that reminder that you made. Don't try to start 10 new things and then kind of do all of them poorly. <laughs> try a couple of things, make sure that you can maintain them, and then um, look at your life and, and what changes you need to make over time. That's such a great reminder, Nikki. Yeah. So one thing that I wanted to talk about that's just really specifically applicable, I think, um, especially in this time we have seen over over the course of the last few years this idea of the great resignation, right? And so many people have left their jobs and are continuing to to move. And maybe they're starting new ventures of their own. Um, maybe they're they're just joining a new team. Maybe they're starting a side gig. All these different ways that people are having to leverage their brands, having to maybe start new brands of their own. Do you have any advice for people who are making big changes like this? Oh, do I ever, because I feel like I did the great resignation before it was cool. And I looked at when I did it, like, whoa, Nick, you made so many things that you probably would have done differently. Um, and, and it probably, <laughs> I mean, where do I begin? So I, 
left a tech startup and I left it without a plan. And I don't regret that decision because it was the right time to leave. There's just uh, internally the company wasn't um, going in the direction that I wanted to be a part of anymore. And that's totally cool. Um, but I think what I encourage people to do, if they are at a place where they're either like, um, I don't a hundred percent love my job. I don't, um, necessarily want to live where I live anymore or anything along those lines is to know that like you have more options than you may realize. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, for me, and I was at a small tech startup, so I really had limited options <laughs> in reality. But I've worked at bigger companies where sometimes, you know, I've met people who were unhappy in the role that were they were in and therefore they just left. And sometimes the option is to move to another team internally uh -huh. or to move to another team internally and start your side hustle while you're working there so that you have things that fulfill you. Right. Um, there it may be right for people to just straight up leave and go to another company or leave altogether. You have to decide what's right for you. So like the first piece of advice I would give is like, don't fall into the hype of like grass is green on the other side or like anybody who tells you, you know, you start your business and you'll replace your income like that, you know, like <laughs> in like five minutes. That is not true. In fact, the majority of people fail at entrepreneurship, um, especially the first time around. And, you know, I remember I looked up um, entrepreneurs that were successful had they ever failed at entrepreneurship before, because I've had many a failures in my entrepreneurship career. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like they bombed at like so many businesses before this <laughs> successful one. And it like made me feel better. Right. So I just want to like one, say do what's best for you to manage expectations. Right. And don't feel bad if you feel like you're, you don't have it right off the bat. And three, give yourself the freedom and permission to make, to not make any decision that you make at a given time permanent. Mm -hmm. Right. I think when I, um, quit the startup job and started my own business, I felt that like, oh, well I quit. So I can never go back to another job. Right. But it's like, what if the perfect job for me comes around? Right. Like what if somebody literally hires me to do my favorite things in the world and pays me more than I can currently pay myself? Right. Like, why would I say no to that? And I think so often, you know, from my, my own experience, especially I've had moments where I'm like, oh, man, like even when business is really, really great, like there might be another opportunity that's more that still excites me. And I don't want to um, like I want both. Right. And so I encourage people to. Uh, if I could recap my own long-winded rant on this topic, I would say, one, do what's best for you, right? Like, do you, boo. Don't fall into any sort of hype. Two, um, realize that, you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies and roses wherever you go. And there's there's always going to be failures and challenges in life. So really be clear on, like, what you're hoping to get out of your new venture, whether it's literally a, a new business idea or it's um, – a new company. And the third thing I will say is don't make it, don't put pressure on yourself to make any position permanent because I have many uh, past clients, friends who we've built their business. It was doing well. And they were like, actually, you know, like, yeah, business is good, but I actually don't like what I'm doing. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
he like went back to work for somebody else. And I'm like, that's totally cool. You know, like do what's best for you. So I just encourage people um, to, to really hone in on and truly understand why they're making, like why they're moving from one opportunity to another one, what they're hoping to get out of it and give themselves the per- permission to make a different change if things don't work out the way they wanted it to. That's such a good reminder. And I think, again, so topical for this time of year because it kind of ties in with, um, you know, a lot of people set New Year's resolutions, set big goals for themselves over the course of the year. And research definitely shows that if you like for some people, it is helpful to do the whole, you know, burn the boat, burn the bridges um, or whatever, burn the boat so when you invade somewhere and, and you, you've got to move forward because there's nothing to come back to. But that's not necessary for everyone. And it can be easier, especially with how easy it is now to to start a side hustle, to, um, you know, kind of slowly um, get something started. You're leaving a door open. You're you're leaving you know, possibility, because anytime you have these ideas of, oh, I'm going to go all in on this and, and everything depends on it. As soon as you have a, a roadblock, as soon as, um, you know, you don't see the results that you're looking for, you can really feel like, oh, you know, I've made the wrong decision. I need to stop. Um, or just, it, it, it can kind of cycle into, um, bad beliefs and bad behavior about, about what you should do next. But if you've got, um, reasonable expectations, and you know, um, if, if I need to change this, I can change this. I'm going to try it. Having that that bravery, having that initiative, uh, but also kind of um, leaving yourself uh, some wiggle room just in case, as you said, you might not like it. <laughs> you might not get the results that you were looking for and making sure that you're you're not, like I said, burning any bridges behind you. That seems um, like a really important reminder. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and and all of this, um, you know, I'd imagine there are a lot of people who, when you're thinking about venturing out on your own and making a change, it's wildly different from the career that you've had. You know, we hear about like um, lawyers who become romance novelists or um, people in high power jobs who want to quit and open a cupcake shop. And in one way, I think it can seem like, oh, I built a whole brand and now I'm throwing that brand away and I have to start a new one. But have you ever had situations where somebody wanted to make a radical shift and you were able to kind of leverage their brand into um, contributing in that new space that they were in? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I've had folks that had a brick and mortar business, for example, that they built and got to a certain level and then they didn't want it anymore and they wanted to be you know, a business coach or a life coach. I've, I've had, you know, people who have changed what they've wanted to do or be known for. And we really just take, okay, what were the knowledge or, or lessons or trainings or systems that you've used in your other business that you can share with folks in your new one? Um, and sometimes it's not as like, that's a pretty easy transition. Um, from having any sort of business to go into some sort of coaching because you're like, hey, this is what I, I my real experience was and I want to help others go through the same. Um, but if you want to go from, let's say, you know, you have a cupcake store to um, a spa, you know, I really encourage you to think about, you know, what are the the things that you've learned in your business that you can transfer? And sometimes it's not 
necessarily the brand itself. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, I have to build the brand all over again. That's okay. Um, But you may already know how to do payroll. You may already know how to build team. You may already know how to um, hire the right folks. You may already know um, how to build relationships with customers. Heck, you may have a whole customer base that is like, these cupcakes were the bomb, and now I'm going to go to your spa. And what, you're going to have like some cupcakes available? That's awesome, right? Like there's so many things that could happen, so... Yeah, <laughs> probably won't work for facials. It's like I got a facial, <laughs> ate a cupcake. You could implement and now I have a, zit again. Like a table underneath. I'm picturing like getting a massage and, you know, you've got the little thing for your face and something comes up and it's got the cupcake and you're just nibbling as you're getting your massage. We might have invented yeah. something here. <laughs> All right. I, I really love that. Just that idea of, you know, the, the skills might be um, relationship building. Sometimes the network that you've built in one space becomes the network that you can use for your next phase. And um, and at the very least, if people know you and like you and think that you're a good person that they want to help, if there's any way that they can be a part of your new thing, they will. You know, whether they're they're promoting you on social or whether they're buying from you or engaging with you in, in that way. And so you're never going to from from the way you're talking, you're never going to regret the, the time and the effort you put into building your brand, even if it's not exactly in the space that you need it to be long term. It's still is going to benefit you um, in other ways, even if, you know, as things change over time. Absolutely. And I know many people who have, um, you know, started their own thing and, you know, it could have come after a a career transition or there was a layoff and they started their own business and then they want to go back into the workforce. And so they, you can take lessons and skills and things that you've learned and apply it into the workforce. You can apply it into a new business. You know, once I sort of gave up my identity being tied to what I do, you know, like I'm Nikki Nash mm-hmm. and I may have an expertise in certain areas and I may even have a personal brand in something, but that doesn't necessarily need to be who I am, right? Like the Oprah that people see on TV doesn't necessarily need to be the exact same Oprah that's behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not saying she's a completely different person, but I'm saying there are parts of you that you don't have to share with everybody. And I think once I kind of got that I was like, you know what? I am in the spirit of building brands and building businesses. And whether I do that in my first business, my second business, my third business, whether I do it inside corporate America or outside of corporate America, if I know that I'm doing something that I excites me and I'm proud of, then that's good enough for me. And I think it took me a long time to get there. Like, you know, and I say this to anybody who's starting a business, especially for the first time, you can put so much pressure on yourself for that business to be perfect. And once you kind of surrender and go, yo, I'm definitely going to fail at this, like maybe not at the grand scheme of things, but at some point there is going to be a failure. Like the whole business may not be a failure, but I've made mistakes. I failed at stuff. And I'm like, you know what? It's all right. I'm just going to try again, <laughs> right? It could be inside the same business or in a different business. Once I just kind of come at things from that perspective, I honor every failure. I learn from every failure and I do better next time around. And I do have to say, um, when, you know, tying that back even to brand, one way that people can really kind of test the brand that you have is when things go wrong. 
because you can work on building a brand of I always contribute, I'm really positive, and then something goes wrong and you melt down. You're undercutting that brand that you've tried to to build over time. And so it as you handle difficult situations, the real who you are comes out and that can contribute in a positive way to the brand that you're building and the the you know the the reputation that you're building because people see that you know you you hold yourself accountable for things that you might have done wrong you work to resolve situations with any other parties that might have been impacted you learn from lessons and and don't make the same mistake twice and even though it doesn't feel good in the moment that actually can help people improve uh, and increase their trust in you because they've seen you in bad situations and they see how you handle it and they don't worry that you'd have, you know, a meltdown and just disappear. Yeah. All right. Um, one thing I always like to ask our guests is, do you have any resources that you would recommend for our listeners that could be books or podcasts or um, anything else that, that you've learned from and that you feel would be a good resource for them to check out? Yeah, you know, one of my favorite things, and I didn't know that I would like listening to audiobooks, but I do. Um, and I really recommend listening to um, audiobooks, whether you use Audible or a different, you know, tool altogether. But some books that I've found helpful, um, I just want to share some of them with you uh-huh. because um, I think that. Br- whether you work in a company or you're starting your own thing or you're starting your side hustle, these things, uh, a number of these can be helpful. And so the first book that I really encourage people to read is called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. Uh, it's like, for me, mindset has been the biggest game changer in my life. And I just think it's it's such a great um, read. I also like the Perfect Day Formula because it really helped me rethink Uh how I run my days. Uh, So that's a great one. I also like Miracle Morning. Um, I'm trying to think of other books that I know that I love. Um, But like really anything in like the (laughs) personal development or time management, you know, type of space I find helpful. Um, I I like listening to Abraham Hicks as well as, um, you know, old school books. There's a book called The Game of Life and How to Play It. Um, as well as one by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. So I shared a variety of different types of books, depending on how woo you are. Um, (laughs) Some of these books may resonate with you more than others, (laughs) right? Um, So I gave a spectrum for people that are super woo, for people who are more into like neuroscience, um, for people who are more into just like, give me like strategy and structure. Um, I love it all. I find everything fascinating in that range from like, you know, woo strategy, scientific, I believe it's all, you know, you can learn from any parts of the same puzzle. Definitely. Exactly. Um, so I definitely recommend uh, listening to audiobooks. And I know people maybe aren't commuting like they were, but I used to take uh, the train a lot, you know, and I would listen to audiobooks, whether it was on the Metro or, you know, New Jersey Transit or, or wherever I was going. Um, to work, to visit people on planes. Um, It was my jam. So now I go, if people need something, I go for walks around the block. (laughs) Like I just go for walks and listen to audiobooks. Definitely. Well, one of my big goals in 2022 is not um, just sit at home all day. Now that I'm not commuting, I could easily have a day where I take like no steps at all, you know, (laughs) 
bedroom to bathroom to yeah. dining room table to uh, it's, it's not good. And so um, certainly that's a that's a good idea for anybody who wants to get out and walk more. Um, you can be developing yourself while you do. So Nikki, I'm sure our listeners have really enjoyed hearing from you. If they want to learn more about you and your work, where should they go? Yeah. So a couple of places I would have people go. If you are just looking to say hello, reach out, say, I listened to this. I have some questions for you, things like that. I would definitely find me on Instagram. I'm at Nikki Nash official. Just send me a DM, follow me, whatever flips your boat. Um, and we can definitely stay in touch that way. I, I respond to my DMs. Um, if you are someone who is really into building their business or building a side hustle, and especially one that may be in more of the service industry and you're looking to get more clients and customers, um, two resources I have for you is I get um, my book, Market Your Genius. And I also have a free masterclass called Get More Dream Clients which you can access by going to getmoredreamclients.com. <laughs> so those are the places I'd send people. Best URL purchase ever. I'm like, I'm just going to buy the URL of the masterclass. Winning. I like it. Excellent job in branding. <laughs> so thank you so, so much for speaking with me today, Nikki. I really learned a lot from our conversation. I'm sure our listeners did as well. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything we've been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 334. As a reminder, if you haven't yet subscribed, that is the best way to stay on top of new episodes. You'll get them as soon as they go live and you can subscribe for free wherever it is that you're listening. If you enjoyed the show today, please, please, please share it with a friend. That is a great way for more people to discover the show. And you're also helping to build your brand as somebody who listens to an excellent podcast. <laughs> we love feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or email us if you've got feedback, questions, and guest suggestions at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook and the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success. Happy selling!